<clears throat> Good morning. This is season three, episode five. I'm still unsure why, and I'm still acknowledge that I'm a new podcaster. As season three, episode four is attached to episode five is attached to episode four. So after the first 15 minutes is done, it's up to 36 minutes for the second episode. So I'm new to this. Today is September 20th, 2022. And tomorrow I embark on a new journey. So this episode is... part five post-stroke I would guess but this is episode five of season three and first and foremost I'd like to acknowledge that I live work and play well I say work but I'll talk about that in this episode on the Slayway Tooth Squamish and Musqueam territories This morning is a beautiful day. I've been up for two hours already. Everybody's off to work or at work or on their way to school or at school or online for school. And this is post-stroke. I counted last night. This is my sixth month since my stroke. A lot has happened for me this summer and a lot of people had noticed uh, this past weekend we we did a celebration of life for a past Vancouver school board employee cultural worker like myself uh, put together all five of us had over a hundred years experience we each had over 20 years We don't think of things like that in terms of being in a group. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm pretty happy with myself that this weekend I was decluttering and going through stuff. And I read a research paper I had read previously in one of my papers and it's on indigenous indigenous suicide mental health which is the area i'm concerned about in my papers that i like to explore and understand A lot, a lot of people have commented that my speech and my walk has almost back to normal, is what they're saying. 
I don't know what my normal is. But I thought leaving GF Strong, I would be alone in that. I wouldn't go anywhere, but that was just a small part of my being on my own outside of GF Strong. I'm taking pauses because of my speech pathologist. I'm reminded. to take breaths. It's also very hot out today. End of September and I'm hot. So it's laundry day today. Clothesline laundry today. Like I said, I'm at home and I live half a block away from the busiest street in Vancouver. So you'll hear traffic sounds. So I left GF Strong in mid-June and I've been on my own since then. I felt when I left I was very alone. But I wasn't alone. And my big son who's 23 sacrificed a summer to help hold me up as my youngest kittens had been holding me up and they got a rest and they were very happy for that as in previous episodes I have a 23 year old son who's in college, he's going, he's gone back to school. My youngest are taking a break from school and they're in a job search mode now to work part-time as I no longer get child tax. But my adopted daughter's dad has been financially pulling things up. He's not paying bills or anything, but he's taking the, my, both my kittens out to eat quite a few times this month. And anything they want to buy grocery-wise, he lets his daughter, who's living with me, use his credit card and his bank card to go shopping for clothes or food and they did clothes shopping last night which is kind of funny because most people do September 
shopping for clothes, you know, new fall clothes and stuff like that. Both my kittens have autism. They're on the autism spectrum. So they don't like crowds. They go in, they get what they need, and then they're out. Otherwise, they're at home. And that's fine by me. They're 18 now. Both of them are 18. And they went out shopping for Halloween. It's September 19th and they were out shopping for Halloween. And I don't understand it. Um, but my daughter is going to be Chucky for Halloween. I don't know if any of you know. I've never seen any of the movies on Chucky. He's a doll who um, takes teenagers' life. So I guess it's a teenage thrasher movie. <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. She has a doll next behind their TV. So when they watch TV, they watch the Chucky doll. So they've already done the Halloween costume shopping. My youngest son is going to be a anime something. I don't understand anime. But good news. I have finally learned how to TikTok. Yay. It's only been like the beginning of September when I started TikTok with my longtime best friend with my late sister whose ashes he's holding. He showed me how to TikTok. He TikToks all the time. But I know how to TikTok. Surprisingly, it's very easy. Nobody showed me how, um, except for my best friend. He's on a journey. So my son was here for two months, helping support and hold me up, helping me take my steps on outings, doing the dishes, and just being here for me, holding space. And my son has such a big heart. One of his elementary childhood friends Mum passed away just after Mother's Day. And it was just before his 25th birthday. Due to COVID and he's become one who stays home. One who isn't celebrated. The unseen. His mom passed away and he had to be out of the apartment building he was in that he lived up lived in his whole life. He was 25 and they lived there for 25 years. His mother was a carver. 
I'm not sure she was well known, but she did make a living. From Haida, Haida Gwaii. Indigenous artists are, for the most part, the unseen. And she supported her son. She has a daughter who is my age. So her son is the same age as my big son, 23. He's 25. In the indigenous world, you would, you would see that as normal to have um, to have a brother that's younger than you by 20 years is normal in the indigenous world. For the unseen, this mum passed on. This young man was alone. His sister did not live in Vancouver and one of our family, I don't know if you call it traits or there are certain things certain people know. And for our family on the paternal side, on the Kimanu side, that is death and dying. So even in my post-stroke state, I took the time and I've shown my son our cultural ways. So he was supposed to move out the end of July, a month after his mom's passing, and he was able to have the next month um, to move the in August. And during the month of July, my son, one of our goals was to help me get rid of crap in my house. We did start and my big son told me that his friend needed help moving. He didn't tell me <clears throat> until his last day, the day before he left. And this is very ironic for Indigenous people living in the city. I grew up moving from place to place with no roots. And unfortunately, my kids have also grown up that way. due to costs for renting and the spaces and the unsafe spaces we've lived in. As a solo mom, those are very tricky. So the whole time my big son was down here, during the day he was supporting me taking care of me and then he would go to his childhood friend's place and help him move 
unpack stuff. <laughs> I laugh because my big son doesn't like clutter. <clears throat> he doesn't like to own a lot of shit. He is who I want to be when I grow up. He was always fortunate to have everything. As a parent, I wanted to ensure he had everything. So I went to court to fight his biological, to get financial funds to be able to better take care of my son than on my own. And I did that. And I got 700, well, I was supposed to get 700, but I said 500 is enough to help me pay for diapers and baby food and stuff. So he had a better than normal solo mom childhood. But we did have to move for health reasons. And this young man was very fortunate to have lived in the place for 25 years. And if you do not know an Indigenous person, if you stay in one place, they will have a lot of shit. Even if you don't stay in a place long, they will have a lot of shit. Especially if they're residential school survivors. Possibly 60 scoop survivors. I'm not sure about ministry children, how they are when they're, when they are on their own. But for the 25 year old man, his mom had a lot of stuff and my son went and helped every night helped him to get rid of stuff and to pack stuff up <coughs> as a young man <coughs> excuse me as a young man he lived in vancouver for 25 years and now him, his big sister, his cousin, they're all, you know, 25, and then the mom is my age, 50 years old, a little bit younger than that. She had her son young. So they all moved up to Haida Gwaii. How beautiful is that? And my son helped hold them up to be able to go. I have very few friends, people I know, who are consistently skinny. This 25-year-old is just like that. And when it was his birthday, I don't know, I mentioned it in my previous episode that I was never celebrated. My birthday was never celebrated because my dad didn't believe it. 
believe in it. He wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, but could have gone along those lines. So since his mom had died, I wanted to help hold him up and have a simple barbecue for him. And it was simple. It was burgers and hot dogs and chips and pop. And my son said he didn't want to come. He didn't want to be celebrated. I said, that's okay. You know, I asked him when he came if he wanted a birthday cake and my adopted daughter wanted to spend money because that's her love languages. <clears throat> gifting and I told her I said that sounds like a beautiful idea but some people aren't used to that being celebrated I said we'll ask him before we finish when we start to eat then if he does say he wants a cake we'll go get him one and I'll pay for it I had just gotten on disability, so I I didn't care if I spent $50 to have food for a barbecue. We didn't get him a card. <clears throat> for a lot of Indigenous, we don't get a card, we don't wrap it, it's in a Walmart plastic bag. But I was going to give him $25. And my dad, who doesn't celebrate birthdays, like mine and my sister's growing up, he said, give me the $25. And he gave me back a $50 bill to give to him. And we presented it to him like in Squamish ways of my knowing and that we gave it to him and said that this is from all of us this was his birthday gift he was packing up on his own he did not have he did not have anything to help him financially bury his mom or anything we, my son was his only support, and I was proud of that. And he was humbly surprised that he was seen. And my son helped him through his grief, because that's one of our cultural ways of knowing, and that's our family's role is to help with grief and loss. Ironically, we had just finished one year of my late sister, his auntie. So my son was, my big son was close to grief, not losing his mom, but he understood.
very proud. Very proud of my son. To have followed our family traditions. I was able to witness my personal, my son, my big son's personal growth of who he's becoming. He had taken a year <clears throat> to be there with my sis late sister's ashes. And then he was there for his childhood friend, transitioning to an unexplored place as indigenous <clears throat> as indigenous people we always yearn to move home or if we've lived on the reserve to be able to move someplace to be a success a success for my children is remaining who they are the value in following our cultural ways. I have no thoughts of them becoming a lawyer or a doctor or anything like that. So long as they stay true to who they are in following their cultural ways. That's a proud moment for this post-stroke mum of six months. I'm still not 100%, but I just started walking without the walking pole or the walker the past two days. And I've shared it. I've shared it on TikTok. So my six month, I'm not, I'm not 100%. I'm probably about 70%. But I'm cleaning the house a little bit each day. What I do in a week is what I normally would do in half a day, pre-stroke. I stop <clears throat> and reflect that this is what I used to do. This is what I can do now. And on a positive note, well, this is all positive. I got a, I got a call on the weekend. I got two calls on the weekend. One for work. They're holding a space for me 
come back whenever I want in a permanent position with the school board. So that was an awesome surprise when my boss phoned me. And my a second call was to come and do a, a discussion on surviving a stroke. So I'll be flying out for four days and my kittens will be happy to have four days without their mom. And I'm excited. This is a new step. Always new steps, walking forward, moving forward. In the past three days, I've done it without my walking pole. I still use it. I still use my walker and I'm taking both my poles and my walker with me up north when I do speak about my experience. Thank you for listening. Wow.